Welcome to the Changemakers podcast brought to you by Graf Martin Integrated Marketing Solutions for Good. This season, we're focusing on what nonprofit leadership looks like in this next normal. I'm your host, Ellen Graf Martin, and each episode, you'll get to join me in conversation with some of my friends and peers in the Canadian nonprofit space who are changemakers and groundbreakers across Canada and beyond. Let's jump in. Shayla Visser, um, we we got to work together a few years ago, and I am so glad that people are going to get to know you today. Um, Alpha Canada is on fire right now, and so I'm I'm really excited to get into this. Thank you so much for joining us on the Changemaker Podcast. Thanks for having me, Ellen. I love working with you. I love knowing you as a friend across the country. And we always say we need to be in person, but it's always <laughs> over the phone or Zoom. We do. This is good. This is good. So, okay, let's just jump right in. Tell us about you, um, what you do, and why you love it. So I have been involved in vocational ministry for over 20 years. I currently head up Alpha Canada. I also work on the global executive for Alpha International. I love what I do because I get to lead the most amazing people and I get to live into a mission that's beyond just what I do with Alpha, but is my lifelong calling to help introduce people to Jesus. Oh, it's so good. And how long now, how many years have you been with Alpha Canada or Alpha International? Yeah, I was with Alpha International from about 2003 till 2009. And then in January 2010, I became the National Director of Alpha Canada. So I've done global work, the national work, and now I also still have a little bit of time into the international work as well. So 17 years. Yeah, a and, long time. <laughs> a long time. And you haven't gotten tired of listening to Nikki Gumbel and his messages. You know, surprisingly, I haven't. But what I'll say is my values of both the home that I grew up in, my Christian convictions, married with my gifts, skills, talents that God's given me all really fit Alpha. In fact, in some ways, Alpha was meant for me because God knew it just fit everything that I loved and believed in. It worked there. So good. So Okay, you <laughs> you have done a lot of stuff. You've got a long history. I know you were part of um, shifting the videos in 2006. Is that right? Brand new content for Alpha as well. Yeah, we started with actually the Alpha Youth Film Series in 2013. Alpha around the world had never done anything for teenagers that was filmed. It had all been like, here's how to piecemeal Alpha and make it work for teenagers. And we decided to go for it. And we launched it in September 2013. We went from having about 78 youth courses across the country to 900 in six weeks. So it's been quite the thing. 900 in six weeks? Yeah, yeah. It, it blew up in all the right ways. Yeah, yeah. And I think we have just realized that we're willing to be a bit risky and entrepreneurial and innovative. And with our product, Alpha International has allowed us to play in that area. And it's been really good. And so I have never done a film project before then. It was a learning curve for all of us. And so I executive produced that. I co-executive produced the Alpha film series, which we did in partnership with Alpha International, and then also co-executive produced the next Alpha U series. So I've got three products under my belt, but I am not in the film industry. It's just what you do when you're passionate about the mission. You mm -hmm. say, I'll try anything mm -hmm. and you surround yourself with experts. So that's how we got involved in product. Well, and I think 
I know, I mean, I worked with you a little bit on that 2016 launch. And what people didn't know is how instrumental Canada is in alpha and creating these products um, as they they are. So why Canada? Like, why not out of the UK? I I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Maybe it's because we're a smaller country. And so to risk the brand in alpha in Canada might have been a bit easier. But I, I don't have a reason other than God called our team to do it. And we wanted to. And I think our partners, our donors, the philanthropists that support us, trusted in us us enough to do a, to take a risk. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the foundations that got involved with us that said, we don't think this will work. Like literally face to face, we don't think it'll work. And then they called me later and said, but we're going to support you. And I said, why? And they said, well, someone has to try. Oh, so and good. I thought, I loved that. Someone has to try. And that was our attitude. Well, mm-hmm. we'll try. Mm-hmm. And we really hope we don't fail. But we've just decided we want to keep trying. And so even now we're, we're saying we want to try, Lord, what, what do you want us to do to meet the needs of the church in Canada in the area of evangelism? We will love them and support them. So show us how. So for those who don't know Alpha, and I don't know anyone who doesn't know Alpha, but I do. I do. There's quite a few, actually. (laughs) Okay. So tell us what Alpha is, because then I want to talk about how you've pivoted and shifted with Alpha over this time of crisis. So what is Alpha? So Alpha is an experience designed out of the UK, but we've adapted it to cultural context right around the world. But it's an opportunity for people that would not consider themselves Christians or followers of Jesus to come and explore faith and life and meaning in and around a table, well, pre-COVID, in and around a table. And so typical alpha would be a meal followed by watching one of these film series, followed by discussion. And about a million people in Canada have done it. And I always say the best alphas are the ones that have the most diversity around the table. Mm -hmm. So you want someone who's sort of an atheist and perhaps angry about people believing in Jesus and you want a Buddhist and a Sikh. You want someone who's like, I used to go to church. It's just the most dynamic and life-giving for that entire group. And Alpha is a facilitated discussion. So people feel really free to be themselves and disagree with the Mm -hmm. content. They're like, I didn't like that, but that's okay. We say, that's great. What did anyone else think? Mm -hmm. And so you watch as people journey together first in friendship and growing community where they have real discussions. Mm -hmm. And then for some, they decide, you know, this is for me and I really want to follow Jesus. But, and for others, it was a great experience. They may get involved in local community of faith because they love that community. Mm -hmm. And then some, it's just like, thank you for this experience. I'm going to go try something else. And it has always been church-based, is that correct? Or primarily church-based? It's primarily church-based, but I will say that people have been really innovative and taken it to other places, like where they work. It's in prisons. Uh, It's in halfway houses and recovery centers. I mean, Alpha shows up in so many different parts of the community, but it's primarily done through the local church. And then they disperse it to their congregation members to say, think creatively. Can you use this in your workplace? Could you take this to the youth detention center in our city? Could you take it to the halfway house or the um, food shelter? Like, where can you take it? And people have just been super creative. It's so good. And now I know Alpha around the corner from my house is a church in the town I live in. There are churches everywhere, just, you know, but around the corner from my house is a church and they have great signs on their lawn in the fall when they're starting to run Alpha. 
And this fall, what will happen? Because everything has changed. Well, you know, on March 13th, when that's when everything really closed down, right, mm-hmm. in Canada. And on March 13th, we didn't have anything called Alpha Online. Like, it mm-hmm. just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And by March 20th, we started training churches. How do you run Alpha on a like a platform it could be zoom it could be something microsoft teams how do you run alpha online yeah. <laughs> seven days later we were training people we were like a half step ahead and then by june 15th over 1200 alphas online had run in the country over 800 churches were running alpha online that shocked us we had no idea that the church would say in the midst of all of their change hey we still need to do this Uh and because people were captivated at home and looking for ways to connect lots of people felt like I can invite my friends but here's the interesting thing it wasn't just here's how I invite my friends in my community it became I could invite my friends in Toronto or Calgary or Truro or you know Kitchener Uh I can invite them because maybe we went to university together, we worked together, we grew up together, whatever it might be, but you live in different places. Uh And now you can do alpha together online. You just make the time zones work. Uh And so some even went internationally, like they've got school friends that live overseas. And so alpha courses became about your community, but your community wasn't necessary a geography. That was really interesting for us. So it expand, it expanded. And so this fall, different communities, as you know, are experiencing lockdown in different ways. And with the physical distancing that we're trying to keep, some will run what what I'm lovingly calling micro alphas. There's no such thing as a Mm -hmm. micro alpha alpha. It's just how do you run a tiny alpha with your neighbors? And they're going to try that. Others are going to do it online and maybe do their alpha weekend, which has become a day you know, in a large space where they can gather mm-hmm. safely. But most people will do it online this fall. I don't think a lot of people will do small alphas. And I don't think any churches can really do a big alpha at this point. Mm-hmm. So one of the big things about alpha, I mean, this, <laughs> forgive me if I say this wrong, but kind of the bait was that you get a great meal, as well as some really great conversations. So how do you do something like that when you're online? Well, the amazing thing is, the bait, as you call it, where the food, which people do really love, I would say how that's transitioned is that people are really longing for real conversation and community. And the only way to get it outside of your family or your neighbors where you're talking to at a distance um, has been, at least during the hardest lockdown, to do it online. And people are asking big questions and they are finding themselves lonelier than they've ever been. And we've just had to offer alpha and people are still doing creative ways. And I've heard churches that are like sending out care packages of food. And so so the first night you might have something arrive, or I heard of a youth group running alpha and the first night um, they did it and they said, okay, if you to their youth group, we're going to gather. And the first person um, who, who invites 10 people to come tonight to our zoom alpha, we're going to send a big Mac to your house right now. And (laughs) that's great. And they did it. And so they all got on their phones and inviting people to Alpha. And then the kid who invited a bunch of people, he got his Big Mac. And, you know, it's just fun. Yeah. So people have used food in different ways. But I do think people are longing for community and longing to connect. Mm -hmm. And they have big questions. This isn't just one country, one province, one city. This is the world going through something together. Mm -hmm. And where do you turn? Everybody's Mm -hmm. facing the same issue. And so these Mm -hmm. questions about God are becoming significant. And 
what are some of the questions that you are hearing that are the most like if if we're trying to think the questions that I need to answer right now are what are some of those big questions that you're hearing? Well, I would just reframe that and say, I'm not sure that we have the answers or should have the answers. Mm, so I'll say that they're they're not questions that we're we're saying, oh, what are people asking and how can we be ready to answer them? I mean, we do always have to have an understanding of our faith and an apologetic and be ready to answer people, but actually people want to be heard. Hmm. You know, how are you feeling? What are you going through? How's this been for you? What do you think of this concept, you know, on alpha? And people really want to be heard and listened to. And so to me, alpha is never about having the answers. Alpha is always about being heard, listened to, loved for who you are, and being surrounded by a community that is doing the same for each Mm -hmm. other. Mm -hmm. So I don't think the questions have dramatically changed. I think they've gotten deeper and more pressing in this time because people are really saying, well, what on earth is going on? I mean, don't Mm -hmm. you ask that question? I do. What on earth is going on? Because you you have all these different issues that are coming up Mm -hmm. around the pandemic. And then of course Mm -hmm. we have Black Lives Matter that Mm -hmm. follow quickly on that. Mm -hmm. And everybody's saying, what is going on? And I have some hunches, but they're Mm -hmm. just my personal hunches of what God's Mm -hmm. doing in the world. And, but people are asking that. And if you don't have a faith, where do you turn to your, your closest friend, your counselor, the government? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure where you turn Mm -hmm. to for that peace and solid footing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you want to go there, but Andy Harrington, we uh, had him on the podcast this season, and he shared some of his own personal hunches around all this stuff bubbling up. And part of that was just um, that we get to see God's heart in a new way for people and that we need to be thinking of people in a new way. Do you want to share some of your personal hunches of what God's doing? (laughs) I, I think I'll just say it in a couple different ways. One is I do agree with Andy that God is doing something and helping us see people in new ways. Danielle Strickland said to me um, early on in the pandemic, whatever God's doing, I'm praying that it doesn't stop until he's done what's needed. Hmm. And I loved that because my thing was, please, Lord, let it come to an end. Uh Please, Lord, this is so tough. You know, especially for parents that I knew I don't have children. Uh So, you know, families just so hard having kids at home and they're Uh working and the pressures and some people Uh out of jobs and some people Uh insecure in their jobs. And so I do think the prayer of please, Lord, let it end was a normal prayer for most Christians. But I do, however, believe the wiser prayer is God you know, do what you need to do during this time Uh and Uh let me not get in the way, but let me participate. Uh Can I participate Lord in what you're doing? And so that's one second thing. I think he's um, really pulling our grip off of worldly things. He's pulling our grip off of self-sufficiency and self-dependency. And he's, he's reminding us that we need him Uh and that it's Uh good. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a, a shedding happening and mm-hmm. we're getting back to the real prioritization and kingdom values. Mm-hmm. The third thing I think during this season that we're learning is about presence. And what does it mean to be present with the person in front of you versus distracted by all the other things we usually have going on? But also what does it mean to be present with God? And I think many people I know are in a different journey And what worked for them before in a relationship with God no longer works during the season. And they've had to discover new ways to Mm. relate to God. 
And so I have heard that over and over actually in this season. Um, so one leader said it's be still. Um, others said be present, <laughs> um, be quiet. So how how do you, especially knowing all that you're leading, so this you've got this explosive movement going across Canada. How do you be present right now with God? Like practically as a busy leader that is distracted, how do you be present? Well, I've... I've made sure that in the mornings, especially in the first couple of months, I would walk every morning for 45 minutes to an hour. And nine times out of 10, I was praying. I was thinking, sometimes I was just clearing my head and watching the birds and listening oh. to the birds in the morning and watching the flowers start to come up and really seeing God in his creation. And that was very life-giving for me. And it quieted my soul first thing in the morning to be ready for the day and ready for what God had for me. The second thing is spending time in the Bible and really reading and asking God, what are you saying to me? And the third is times of quiet silence, which I am not good at at the best of times. And during COVID, it was really hard. And I, I have to actually fight myself to get into the places of quiet and contemplation because there's so much to do. Mm -hmm. But I keep reminding myself, Shayla, there's so much to do that you have to pray. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. how do I find that place to become whole in God and live out of that? Mm -hmm. And I've always practiced Sabbath rest. And it's been critical in this time. And I turn my phone off. Mm -hmm. I might look at it maybe twice during the day in case family is called or that sort of thing. But I try and create a different rhythm on a Sunday hmm. that allows me to recover for the week ahead. And so mm -hmm. I've not allowed myself to work on Sundays. I think one Sunday during COVID. I'm not perfect at it, mm -hmm. but, but it really is a very strong discipline for me. That's really important. And I know James Kelly, I don't know if you know him, Faith Tech, he talks about digital Sabbath and how we need to take digital and turn off. He actually says, turn off the internet at a certain time or turn off the Wi-Fi at a certain time of night, which I, I don't know. Like I haven't done it. I have to convince my husband to do it, I think. But I think I'd have to do the same. <laughs> I'm, but honestly, I'm just as addicted to it. And so I think that idea of Sabbath is a really practical way to do this. And I, on hearing from you and from others, that this is what God has called you to in this season. Um, I wonder if, if he only did that in this season, if it will have such an enormous impact. Um, I know he's doing more, but phenomenal. I think so. I think so. And I've become a learner. I think even in this pandemic, there's different seasons to the pandemic already. Mm -hmm. Like as I reflect, looking back, there was the first couple months that was really intense. I mean, the long work days and mm -hmm. trying to find moments of silence and feeling that anxiety inside of just like, wow, mm -hmm. not everything's changing. What and is going now, on? Yeah. And now I feel like it's a season of learning. And I'm trying to learn, you know, both from scripture. I took mm -hmm. a course at Regent College with Daryl Johnson on the book of Ephesians so I can be learning more in the word of God. Mm -hmm. But I'm also learning and I'm reading a lot of books on black history and evangelicalism and African-American history. And so I'm trying to push into that so I can become mm -hmm. a learner in the area of racial equality. So there's these seasons of what I'm prioritizing. Uh -huh. uh, that have that are that are keeping me both interested uh -huh. and engaged in the world, but also are helping activate different parts of my brain for learning. It's so good. It's so good. Well, and I know you and I talked even just before we started recording this morning about how we're trying to build that learning even in our work and as an organization. How are you? How are you building that into your team? Like, who is on the Alpha Canada team? If it's run through churches, tell us about it. Like. 
Who are you guys? Well, we have a number of staff that some that are across the country, some that are in the office. There's about 30 people. We are the most diverse workplace you could ever imagine. Not only do we have people from who were born in other parts of the world and speak different languages as their first language, and then we have the people who are born here in Canada, but we also have diversity of religious faith traditions. So we have Catholics and Pentecostals and Baptists and Anglican, and we have a Syrian Orthodox, like we just have it all. So So the wonderful thing is we love unity, but also we love raising up young leaders. And so one of my priorities within Alpha Canada and our team is raising up leaders. So even during this time, I've thought about what does it mean to influence them Mm. in this season and help them to not only survive, but thrive. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of them have young families, so that's been complicated but we've done our best to support them. They're amazing. I work with the best people, like truly the best people. Are you a nonprofit leader passionate about your organization's mission, but unsure how to communicate it effectively? Do you wish your communications budget went further, that your development and communications teams worked better together, or that you had a stronger plan to find new supporters? At Graf Martin Integrated Marketing Solutions for Good, we get it. With you in mind, we've custom built solutions for nonprofit organizations to make your message have more impact, reach further and connect with the right people for years to come. Schedule your free consultation by emailing solutions at grafmartin.com. Again, that's solutions at grafmartin.com. It's inherent that they've had to learn over the last five months because you've changed your model. So one so one question i have so a friend said it's like a game of 52 pickup all the cards are dropped on the floor you get to now choose which ones you pick up and which ones you leave behind so are there as you go forward from this season are there things that you are saying you know what we're not going to do that anymore or things that you're saying we're going to start implementing this like this is now not just our next normal it's our new normal Yeah. Well, our mission and vision have not changed. Our values have not changed. I keep saying to the staff, it's the pathway to achieve them that has changed. Mm -hmm. And we thought we were on one particular pathway this year. And now we're realizing, oh, this is a different pathway and how we organize and structure ourselves is going to be different. But our vision and mission is the same. So we still are very keyed in on, hey, we want to serve the local church and evangelism in Canada. So we prioritize three things during the season, galvanizing our relationships, with the church, with donors, with our staff. Uh, We tried new things and we really believe in hypotheses testing. And that's one thing I'm taking away. We will always hypotheses test. We will never assume that just because we think it's a good idea, it is a good idea. And so we did six week sprints on hypotheses testing. Like if we do this, it will lead to. And so we've been doing that a lot. And then the third thing was we wanted to be a great place to work during the pandemic. We wanted our staff to feel like they were supported. So we would, we went to having a one once a month, all staff call to once a week. We scheduled prayer on Zoom uh, four days a week. We had a fasting week. I mean, we've just had all these different things that we've implemented, but I'd say in terms of the strategic leadership side, hypotheses testing, sort of build, measure, learn has become something I just want us to continue on because it allows us to be agile in a world that's changing and a customer that's changing. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is I really want us to focus on what kind of people we are in this Mm -hmm. work. And and I think we've learned a lot during the season and I've loved what I've seen from the staff and uh, we're just going to keep pushing into Mm -hmm. being an agile, prayerful, 
filled with God's presence, filled with this Holy Spirit's power, people that are also penitent, right? Mm -hmm. Are saying to Mm -hmm. God, I'm sorry, I don't get this right. So those are some of the Mm -hmm. things. It's so good. Okay. Now, practically, tell us what a six-week sprint of hypotheses testing looks like. So for any ministry leader that is like, I just feel like I'm over my head. Everybody's got ideas. I don't know what to do. Help them out. <laughs> yeah. So so we got this from Eric Reese's book, R-E-I-S, and it's called The Lean Startup. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. And we learned about this build, measure, learn cycle. So if you're going to try something new, when you're building it, make sure you know what you're measuring. How will you know? And when will you know by if it worked or what you need to do to change it? So six weeks is the shortest you can do. And then it could be as long, like some of our hypotheses will actually take a year. Mm -hmm. Knowing that we're going into it as a hypothesis, because what that means is no one ever feels like they failed. Mm, uh-huh. They always feel like, well, I tried something, I, it didn't work, but here's what I learned. So it's this uh-huh. build, measure, learn. So on the learning side is after you've measured it, you come back and say, okay, what did we learn from this? What do we need to change? Now let's go build again. Now, of course, some things you'll be like, that was such an utter failure. We'll never do it again. But when you start to work this muscle mm-hmm. of build, measure, learn, it allows you to stay agile and you never lock down so hard that it becomes something you always do forever and ever. Amen. And mm-hmm. I think that's some of the issues that we've had in charities is that they've decided this is how we do it. Mm-hmm. And they've not said, well, let's test that and see. Mm-hmm. Is that really what we should be doing? Mm-hmm. Is there a different way? Of course, all of this under the Bible, like what are we testing? But for us in Alpha Canada, most things we're doing, we can hypotheses test. And it's been tremendous for us. You know, I talked about Mm -hmm. the donor one. We Mm -hmm. called, we said, we're going to call 35 donors who fit this criteria and see if we're going to ask their opinion. Should we invite people like you to give during the season? And out of the 35 people, 34 said yes. Mm. And they said yes. And a couple had caveats. One said mm-hmm. no, but the rest said yes. And so we knew, okay, let's move. We did, that was a one week hypothesis actually mm-hmm. build. We measured it, we learned and we activated and we we did a small matching campaign. Uh, another one we're doing is around what kind of service we provide to churches that it's their very first alpha. They've never run it before. Mm-hmm. So we're providing a different hands-on experience during the season and, and we're tracking how their alpha goes and if they run it again. And did it make a difference? You know, is their ability to run a second alpha higher than the general population of alpha courses? And we have that stat. Will it help more if we give them a call and an email on their very first alpha and give them a personal mm-hmm. touch? So we're looking at all these different, build, measure, learn, build, measure, learn. It's really hard. It takes a lot of discipline, but it gets you to a better place. Oh, it's so good. That is, that is so helpful. That is gold right there for the, especially for that nonprofit leader who doesn't feel entrepreneurial anymore, or maybe never felt entrepreneurial. Uh, But I have, uh, what I have experienced in this season is that I feel like a brand new startup, that I'm leading a startup all over again. Now, this time while homeschooling and having a seven-year-old and having staff who are on payroll, but it feels like a startup. And so are there other lessons in that startup mentality as a ministry that you have learned? I think we have to be listeners And I'm going to say, listen in two directions. How much time are you spending listening to your customer? And how much time are you spending listening to the Lord? Mm -hmm. 
the Lord has things for us. He says in Ephesians 1, he wants to give us wisdom and a spirit of revelation, right? He wants to give us a revelation. And so mm-hmm. revelation is he just dumps information to us. And so I think that posture has to be, God, what do you want me to hear during this time? But on the practical side, how much are you listening to your customer? How much do you know what they're going through and what they need? Mm-hmm. And so I think the best entrepreneurial leaders are actually the best listeners. And if you're a Christian, you're listening in two directions Mm -hmm. and that enables you to see yourself through this. So listening, I would say the second thing, if you want to be entrepreneurial is surround yourself. If you are not entrepreneurial, surround yourself with people who are. Most leaders I know during this season have said the people that got you here won't get you to the next place. Mm -hmm. Your leadership team is changing. It's not that they aren't fabulous staff members or great leaders, but you need to switch it up a bit and find some more entrepreneurial, quick thinking, quick moving people Mm -hmm. to be part of your leadership to get to the next stage. So regardless Mm -hmm. of whether or not you're an entrepreneur, you need to surround yourself with those kind of creative, innovative people so that you could take advantage of this moment. Mm Mm-hmm. And that quick shift is critical right now. So if you can move from alpha in churches to alpha online within, was it a week? A week. (laughs) A week. I mean, that is a really quick, important shift. And the stories, so um, Anne Miranda actually is as a guest on season two, and she talked about leading a group and that she's seeing response like she's never seen before. And it's only available, it's only possible because of that quick shift that you were able to make. Yeah, she messaged me and she was just overjoyed. She's like, thank you for Alpha Online. It's so awesome. It's, it is a gift. And like you said, people who would never go into a church for Alpha now have an opportunity to participate. So, so are there other quick shifts that you have made that we should know about as we go into this? So I'm even thinking about someone who says, I... Like, I am not part of a church that does alpha. Can I run a group in my office? Like, what does it look oh, like yeah. to lead Absolutely. alpha right now? Well, I'll say the last thing I want to say about what I learned, and then I'll talk about what it means mm-hmm. to run alpha. It, and Andy Stanley has underlined this a great deal, and more recently and publicly, but clarity right, mm. is the most important thing. So the clarity I give to the team, or when I don't, I have to say I'm not perfect at it, that's for <laughs> sure. But when but when they hear clarity from me, regardless of me mm-hmm. having any answers, but if they understand clarity of this is where we're going, this is how we're going to do it, mm-hmm. um, or and they've got to figure out the what do we do to get there? Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, first of all, trust the team, but if they have clarity from me, then everybody can kind of settle down. So I think the leader's mm-hmm. job is to calm the waters and mm-hmm. have clarity, but clarity doesn't mean answers. And that's mm-hmm. that was my biggest learning during the pandemic is clarity is more like, no, the mission and vision and values are still the same. Mm-hmm. We're going to listen to God. What are we doing? Now we're going to make these moves. And they got clarity from that. And then they could mm-hmm. activate their particular departments and part, parts of the organization. So that's what allowed us to pivot is more mm-hmm. clarity. In terms of someone who's thinking about running Alpha Online, we've got lots of webinars and training. We're going to do a big push this fall for for people to really think about who could I invite or could I put it up on social media and invite any of my friends anywhere in the country or in the U.S. or around the world to come and do Alpha with me online. And so we're training people all the time. Mm -hmm. The churches are really excited because they can send people to us and we provide the training. You just go to alphacanada.org backslash alpha online and Mm. then you can find all the information you need to run it you can go on webinars how do i even start it what platform do i use we've Mm -hmm. got it all there for you Mm -hmm. 
it's good because I think as leaders, sometimes we don't know how to, we know that people need help <laughs> seeking out the answers. Uh, not Help isn't the right word, but they, they, they want that deeper relationship. They want that deeper spiritual relationship. That's the help they actually need, not a crazy meme about masks. Um, but <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? That we, and so this is a really practical way for someone whose heart is geared this way to just participate and do something pretty simple. Is it hard? Is it hard to lead an alpha group online? Uh, it is not hard if you know technology. If you don't find your, you know, 16-year-old friend who's going to help you. <laughs> but I would say the hard part is is that we have to come and be listeners and I don't think mm. Christians have been very good at being listeners. And so having to learn how to be hospitable on Zoom is very yeah. interesting. So that makes it hard. <laughs> yes. Uh, but also choosing to listen and not mm. interrupt and not correct and not say, I have the answers. We don't have all the answers. Jesus has the answers and the Holy Spirit's alive in the group. So I think the people that find Alpha the easiest are those that say, well, the Holy Spirit's in charge of this Alpha. I'll do my part. He'll do his. Mm -hmm. The ones that find it the most difficult feel like they need to get their guests to a certain place. That's mm -hmm. not going to help. We just want to create an atmosphere and a place where people feel safe. Hmm. Oh, that's good. So how do you build a safe space? Like, especially now? You know, a safe place for, well, I think every human being, the safe place means the same thing. It's about, do they actually want to know what I have to say? Are they listening to me? Are they thinking of their response or their answer to what I say? Are they comfortable with my silence when they ask me a question and willing for me to consider and think about how I want to respond? If I say something that comes out wrong or incorrectly, will they still love me? Mm. I think it's all about love. And love, you know, when we see how, how Jesus loved, he did so by entering into people's homes. So we enter through Zoom. Mm -hmm. He did so by listening. He did so by inviting. That's our part to invite mm -hmm. as well. And he did so by sitting with people. And that's what we're doing. And so whether it's on Zoom or mm -hmm. in person, we're practicing a lot of the Jesus way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on Zoom. Well, and I think, uh, honestly, this... You hear so much about mental health right now. Mm. And we don't, that's probably one of the scariest things to encounter because we don't know what to do about, like if someone is diabetic, we can say, this is what you need to do to fix that problem. Um, mental health, I think something that practically that we can do is to say, I will listen to you. <laughs> Um, and so this is alpha may actually be a wonderful mental health support in tandem with all sorts of different supports, but a wonderful mental health support right now. Well, I think, you know, Ellen, that um, in Canada, the last census said 28% of people in Canada live alone. 28%. Can you imagine living alone during the pandemic, how awful it would be? I know some, some younger people moved home, moved in with friends because they just didn't want to be alone. Mm -hmm. The Angus Reid Forum just, I think, in the last 10 days has come out with a new study that something like 75% of Canadians are concerned for their mental health if we shut down again, 75%. Mm -hmm. And so we just need as Christians and the church and charities to say, what is our role to help and serve and bring kingdom principles and kingdom love and kingdom values mm -hmm. into the everyday lives of people in our nation? Mm -hmm. 
Now, is there anything that we have missed as we have been talking today? Anything that you are like, I really want, especially for leaders who are leading right now, who would be your peers across the country to hear? Yeah, I think I'd want to encourage them and say, keep going. God is with you. He is not surprised. He loves you and is for you. He has plans for you that you may not even understand at this point. He sees you. He's aware of what you're going through. You are not alone. You are not carrying this burden by yourself. No. You know, the, we can easily as leaders feel like it's all on us. And every day mm-hmm. I try and shed that. And I say, it's not all on me. This is God's ministry. This is God's charitable work. And I'm just trying to listen to him to steward it correctly. And if I have a stewardship mentality, the stress is less. Mm-hmm. I think it's also knowing that God is with me and he delights in me. Mm-hmm. And I just want them to hear he delights in them. And I think there's four things from early on in the pandemic that the Holy Spirit really spoke to me. And it was about prayer. You know, what does my prayer life look like during this time? Mm-hmm. Second would be, what does God's presence me with him, him with me. He's mm-hmm. always coming to me, inviting me into his mm-hmm. presence, the Trinity. The third would be taking a posture of penitence. I don't think I've repented more than I have in the last few months, just because, you know, we get uptight or mm-hmm. short with people we love, but also just this awareness of, gosh, I really did think I was more in control than I really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so penitence has been really important. And the last one is power. Are we accessing the same power that raised Jesus from the dead mm-hmm. that's available to us? I mean, that is bl- mind-blowing mm-hmm. mystery, mm-hmm. but that mystery is power for us who believe. And so I daily pray, come Holy Spirit, do what you want to do. Let me join you in what you're doing and not let me get caught up in my own agenda. Mm-hmm. And so those four things have been a priority for me a priority for our Alpha Canada staff. Mm -hmm. And I hope in some way they encourage your listeners today that God is with them and he is doing much more than we could ever ask or imagine. Is there one story that you have heard through this Alpha Online that you would love to share? Just something that you're like, this is what God is doing, something that would encourage us. I know Anne Miranda said she's hearing that people are seeing Jesus in ways that we usually hear about the Middle East, not in Canada. I think, I mean, there's so many, truthfully, so many, but there's one story that I love that uh, actually Nikki Gumbel, the pioneer of Alpha and the Vicar of Holy Trinity, Brompton told from his Alpha course, and he interviewed the guy and it's online. And I just loved it. He's millennial. So he's a young man living in London, working in London. He had no Christian background, would never have considered himself a Christian, didn't even think he knew any Christians except the one person who invited him. He decided to do it and was really interested once he started, but was a bit suspicious and really was thinking, this isn't for me. And then when they had their Alpha Day, which talks about who is the Holy Spirit, when they prayed at the end, he felt something come into his living room where he was sitting doing the Alpha Weekend. And he felt a presence with him. And then he felt overwhelming love. And he said, had I been at a church, had I been at a retreat center, had I been at someone's home, who's a Christian, I would have thought, well, they've just, you know, made something Mm -hmm. up and it's an emotional experience. But he said, I'm in my living room. God just visited me. I know he's real. And now he's telling people about Jesus. Like he was so skeptical up until this alpha retreat weekend. And then he's like, okay, I believe now. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we've forgotten is the church in Canada. It's not just the information we give them for their mm. head. It's not just the processing in a group and feeling loved. We have to give space for presence of the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit loves to do, mm-hmm. which is introduce people to Jesus. That's one of the Holy Spirit's primary roles in the world is to say, I want to introduce people to Jesus. I want to glorify Jesus. And so just hearing that story was so fun and realizing, yeah, this young man was changed. And uh, he was changed because the Holy Spirit came into his living room and said, Jesus is real. I got chills <laughs> just listening to that. I, Shayla, thank you for being part of this transforming work that God is doing. And I, I really do pray for leaders like you and organizations like Alpha, that as we come through this season, that we would be transformed and that just honestly, the kingdom would be so much healthier and vibrant and that God would be glorified as we walk through. So blessings on you and the team there at Alpha. Again, if anyone wants to find out more about Alpha or about you, how do they find you? You can find me on social. I'm at Shayla Visser at um, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all the different places. Um, But also you can find out more about Alpha at alphacanada.org. So good. Again, huge blessing on you. I'm just, I can't wait to hear more stories. Thanks, Ellen. We just love what you guys are doing. And thanks for all the support you give to all of us leaders. It's really needed. And the connections and the champion you championing you do of leadership is wonderful. So thank you. And great to be with you today. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Changemakers podcast brought to you by Graf Martin Integrated Marketing Solutions for Good. Graf Martin is Canada's leading integrated marketing and communications agency for nonprofit organizations seeking to do more good. If you need an agile, full service marketing agency to move your organization forward, we get it. Visit grafmartin.com to learn more and schedule your free consultation so that you can do more good.